Let's get right to our guest. Joining us now, you can check out his podcast. It's called the Three and Out Podcast. Does a great one. You will love it. Joining us now, it's John Middlecoff. How you doing, John? Hey, what's going on? Two or Fitz, which side are you on? Team two or Team Fitz? You got to have Fitz out there. He gives you the better chance to win. Very disappointed as a Dolphin fan that two is going to be starting. No, I'm with you, Arnie. I mean, the Raiders defense, which is atrocious. Tua couldn't throw for 100 yards. They brought in Fitz, and he immediately looks like Dan Marino with the same guys. Uh, (laughs) No doubt about it. After that win on Saturday night, to me, it's a no-brainer. If you're trying to make the playoffs, if you want to get this guy a game, then take your chances. But if you want to have a chance to beat the Bills, who it looks like are going to try, I, I think the only chance you have is Fitzpatrick. So, John, that leads to a natural follow-up question. I understand, you know, Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. You got to get to the show. You got to get to the playoffs. What I, I know you don't know Tua, but does that have an adverse effect in the locker room? Because there was a point where Brian Flores said, this guy is delivering in practice. He's our guy. To go back against him, would that concern you at all going forward? Yeah, I mean, it's a little risky in the sense that, you know, Xavier Howard, uh, uh, Byron Jones, you know, some of the veteran guys that are being paid a lot of money, you know, they're trying to win. And it's clear that Fitzpatrick is better. But I do think players understand top picks. And Fitzpatrick said it after the Saturday night game that two is really mature. I think guys get them. You know, I, it is kind of unique. It's not a contentious situation. And that probably speaks to, you know, Fitzpatrick, obviously. But Tua, too. You know, I, I think they're both – Fitzpatrick's a Harvard guy. Tua's really, really mature. Uh, so maybe players would understand it. But at, at week 17, like you said, I mean, these are the playoffs. I mean, it, you get bonuses. You become legends. You can make yourself a lot of money by having good playoff games. Mm-hmm. I, there's just a lot on the line for sure. It's, it's a complicated situation. I give Brian Flores credit in the sense that he's not afraid. Like, I, I would I would have gone with Fitzpatrick, but he yanked Tua. Most guys wouldn't have yanked Tua, right? He's the fifth pick. They just would have rode that game out. But he's, he did it for the second time in basically five games. John, the, the Steelers don't care if they win this weekend? They don't care if they get the number two seed? Well, they, they, don't, control, they don't control it. I, I think they, go, they look and go, the Bills are probably going to beat Miami. And then if we rolled Roethlisberger out there or something and he gets hurt and we couldn't have gained anything, win or lose, what's the point? I think they're almost acknowledging, and maybe it was after watching Monday Night Football, where they're like, what are we even, just, just the Bills ain't going to lose, let's just focus on our path. But if that wait a minute, if that's true, suppose the top two seeds would have gotten bye weeks, you think they'd be resting their guys then? Might change it a little. Yeah. Uh, might, might change it a little, but still... I think they would still understand that, the, especially once you watch Monday night, the Bills are so hot. They're just better than the Dolphins. Uh, you know, what was the first score when the Dolphins played the Bills? I don't even uh, when was that game? Earlier this year, obviously. Yeah, I have to look that up. I don't remember the score off the top of my head. But, I mean, it's fair to say just the Bills are a lot better than the Dolphins. 27, right? uh, it was 31-28. Gotcha. So it's actually closer. Yeah. I don't remember that game, but it's a close score. The Dolphins are weird, right? I mean, they're kind of – I give Flores a lot of credit. I, they're overachieving. Like, they don't have – the Bills have a lot of good players. When I watch the Dolphins, they got a couple of good DBs that are good, and, and the tight end's good, but they're not exactly uh, 
you know, some of those greasy teams, right? <laughs> no, that's for sure. All right, John. So I want to switch gears to kind of the Dolphins' divisional rival here, the Jets. We know by now they are not in position to get the number one overall pick. What would you do? Stick with Sam Darnold, go with another quarterback. What would you do? Yeah, I mean, I, the only way I take one of the other quarterbacks, if I know, I think he's dramatically better than Sam Darnold. Right, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, I think it's between those two guys. Maybe Trey Lance, but I don't see how you would know with Trey Lance only playing the one game this year and he's a smaller school guy. That's pretty risky. Uh, the, the old, my only issue with Sam, if I'm the new coach and, and the GM, who's kind of new, is that he's going to get expensive fast. You know, they got to pick up his fifth year option after this year. And then when you pick up the fifth year option, you're really just a year away from paying the guy. So it's just there is a cost-benefit analysis when you weigh Sam against the other quarterbacks, too. That's, that's the other complicated variable here. You could argue even if the, you think they're equal, you might be better off trading Sam and taking the rookie because they're just so much cheaper. I mean, Sam's technically cheap right now, but if he plays like he did the last couple of weeks in the next season with a new coach, I think we'd all agree he's a pretty good player. You know, he's yeah. not – I don't know if he's a star, but I – Watching the last couple of weeks, I mean, he looks like a guy. 49ers will take a guy like that right now. I promise you that. Yeah, nobody's taking Haskins. I promise you that. Oh my no. goodness. Oh, oh, no. I, I, I don't know what to say about this situation. Torres thinks somebody's going to give him a chance. I don't think he'll get another chance. He's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think we have all learned kind of you never say never. Uh, just he's still so young. He could he could resurface in a couple of years. The thing that like I. Listen, I, I wasn't that mature at his age either, <laughs> but I, I don't give you an excuse your second year when every day you're sitting next to Alex Smith that basically almost lost his leg. Your head coach uh, is fighting cancer. You know, if this would have been 10 years ago, you'd be like, oh, Washington, disaster organization. But this year, especially for Haskins, just he's around the head coach a lot, right? And he's around the, the quarterback room. Like, it's a pretty high-level operation. Yeah, so I, I don't know, man. It's just... Ron Rivera clearly did not want to do it either, right? They gave him every chance possible, and he still couldn't figure it out. It, honestly, it, it's kind of sad. Like, I, I don't think the guy's a great player, and you know, but that's kind of irrelevant. I mean, it's just his, his actions are just kind of uh, really, really low level for quarterbacks, especially they give him multiple chances. It wasn't like, you know, he just screwed up the one time, right? Right, right. You also right. don't see – you've got to be pretty, pretty bad – to get cut before the end of your second year when you're the 15th overall pick and you didn't get like arrested or a deal, you know, it wasn't like he had a mugshot. What did he really do bad? But clearly he was driving those guys nuts. Well, and that was actually my next question, John, is I know nobody knows the exact details, but that was my exact question. How bad do you have to be, not only former number one, you know, first round draft pick, to get cut in week 17 uh, when you're on your seventh string quarterback? I mean, that's what stood out to me more than anything. Yeah, I wonder if it's just habitual, consistent, you know, not listening, right? Just being late to stuff. Uh, when they tell him something, he doesn't respond. You know, to me, it had to just be consistently there on them. And I think anytime you're just a quarterback, they're going to be on you the most. And then when you're a young quarterback who has some questions about you, I think you could multiply that by about 10. So maybe he, maybe it was just too much for him. And sometimes, you know, the NFL is. It's just the crazy thing is coming from Ohio State to the NFL, it's 
sometimes it's less structure in the pros because in college you still got to go to class. The coaches are doing like class checks and weights. They basically feed you. You're kind of just there 24-7 all seven days a week. In the pros, it's a little different, and I, especially in Zooms, you know, in Corona year, you're getting all these days at home. You got a lot of free time, and you know, if you're a young guy, and I would have, there are, you know, clearly he did not handle it very well. But you know, it is a situation that if you're not the most locked and loaded, focused guy, it could probably get away from you fast. Yeah. By the way, uh, John, last thing, um, Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett uh, reunion. Uh, I'm sure everything's forgiven. Nobody's thinking about that, right, on the sidelines there. I'm, I'm sure that won't even come up during the game, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, stuff like that in games like this, Ooh. if you're worried about stuff like that in winter get-in games, you guys, you're probably in some trouble, right? I mean, well, I, I believe me. I, no, I was. Being, I think there is going to be a little bit of trouble. I, I think there's going to be some words. You see the first time that he's going to be sacked, there's going to be some words there. I promise you that. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think about that, but I, I just – the Browns, like if I'm Stefanski, the one thing I'm especially telling him, yeah, you're our best player, you know, under no – we got to stay focused. I don't <laughs> care how much you hate each other. For Mason Rudolph, he doesn't have anything to lose, right? They, they can right. lose the game. They are basically conceding the game. Right. So, you know, <laughs> so, to me, Miles Garrett, you throw a punch or something, you get tossed, and your team misses, especially the Browns, right? They, oof, oof. First time in what feels like for 50 years. Like my entire adult life, I've never seen them good. They're finally good. <laughs> and now they get Mason Rudolph to get – when I saw that this morning, I'm still – that's pretty nuts. That's, that's one of the crazier things I can remember in the last couple of years. The Browns got a gift from the football gods. Oh, that's for sure. He's John Middlecoff. Check out his podcast, the Three and Out podcast. It is a great listen. John, always a pleasure, my friend. Enjoy the games this weekend. Have a great new year.